What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. We are riding high today on this Friday night. It is Veterans Day. As we know, an important victory happened last night, a rocky game. We will dive into that. One of the biggest wins in a while, obviously, in terms of certain specifics and 20 or more years in certain aspects. A lot to dive into with that, along with some other things, but we will focus mainly on this game. We know we face the Southern Indiana Screaming Eagles on Sunday. We'll be in attendance for, we'll dive into them at the very end. I am Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch, as always. Noah, we talked about how it was a reasonable spread going into this game. We were liking our chances overall. I mentioned a rocky one. It definitely was in this one. But we got one of the biggest wins we can remember, and we'll get into where we are in certain rankings. That it's, I mean, it only can help us from here on out. One of the biggest games of the of the schedule that could have been a coin flip, but you know we had a good chance to win, and that's exactly what we did. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, I mean, if you're talking building resumes, that's this is a win where you start. It's going to be a quad one win. Um, it's a big time win. Um, we knew. No JD going into it, most likely. Um, then we find out, shockingly, pregame that Scotty Abube apparently fell off his scooter on the way to his class on Wednesday and broke a couple fingers in his right hand. Um, he's out six to eight weeks, had surgery. Um, a big hit, was, so we thought, well, does this? do we insert Cade into the rotation now with him gone? Um, because we know what? Going against six nine and seven one, um, thought there was no chance of starting uh, Troy, but that's what we rolled with. Same starting lineup from Monday night: Xavier, Lance, Trent, Troy, and Marcus. Um, so, um, big time win, exciting win. It was a thriller. Um, loved our, liked our chances going into it. Um, chances, I thought. Once we found out the Scotty news. Um, I thought the chances went a little down. Um, going into a hostile environment to play a Big Twelve team, um, big time win. Yes, a one point victory, and you're right. That's where we're going to start with this one. The devastation of hearing that news about Scotty, and we're thinking, how the heck could this, you know, have happened? And once we found out exactly what it was. I mean, it's almost like the most inexcusable thing you can ever imagine. A 6'10", 260-pound guy on a scooter. We've seen them in Carbondale, those scooters that they've now, you know, have for people going around campus and around Carbondale itself. I mean, granted, you know, if it's easier to get around to classes, it's one thing. But when you're on the basketball team and you're an important player and you're that size, it's like you can't – got to know to yourself you can't do it. I mean, you can – or you can do it and just be careful. But we know with those things, anybody can get hurt on those things. So and we're thinking what? You know, we know the team got there on Wednesday. And well, okay, did he get hurt in the warm-ups and the practices? We talked about how all of, our, all of our guys get hurt in practices. It's like, how the heck does it happen? Thinking that was the case, could have tore down a rim and broke his fingers that way. But no, it happened on a scooter. And the team, shortly before the game, about an hour before the game, announced that he will be sidelined for those six to eight weeks, as you said. No, we're thinking of the timetable for that. And just quickly knowing that Brian, we didn't know him. Mike did tweet. He's the one that tweeted it before the team did. And then and then Mike said that Brian was going to address it after the game. And he did and said that. And there was kind of some like banter in terms of like laughing about it. Like it's it's obviously a serious thing, but it's, you know, I think it's, a, you know, a sigh of relief knowing it, like what couldn't be season ending or something that Brian talked about how it's, you know, he's going to be able to rehab correctly with his surgery and stay in shape and everything to get to the point that he's that he's coming. And you mentioned there about could we have seen Cade? And it's it's crazy throwing Cade in a game like this of this kind of caliber. And, you know, but it, it seemed like, okay, because we were surprised to see Troy starting, which we'll find out and we'll get to it. That's exactly what we seem like we need to do now the rest of the way. Um him and Clarence and then potential of K, but we thinking, okay, yeah. And you're right. It was a, we were kind of confident and then it kind of hit the, you know, hit the floor knowing that, you know, the potential of what we could have been with, with that size and the lack of a Scotty. So we definitely wanted to talk, you know, or talk about that to start because that is devastating. And you mentioned the starters there. 
and know you know dive in to start with the keys of the game Brian had was transition defense, execute on offense, and toughness on the boards. We'll get into the stats as this thing goes. Uh, Noah, we mentioned a rocky road, and it, and it was at the start this game. And we mentioned Troy there. He led us in scoring at the, at the start of the game in, in multiple aspects. He got a steal to start the game. There was a play where – and we'll get to Xavier. We'll have some takeaways on Xavier. Great passer still. He got guys up in the air, double team at the rim, and dipped it to Troy, which led to a goal 10. There were a couple in this game. Troy got on the board there, knowing that he hit a corner three. So five, if you know, five Troy, zero Oklahoma State. You know, a great start for him, as we know. And I mean, Oklahoma State was struggling at times. Our defense was good at the beginning. We had a couple of steals and everything. Diving, obviously, the course of this first half and how we got this early lead that once got up to nine. Yeah, really just. I mean, with starting a small lineup, um, we wanted to do our best to get uh, the seven-footer, Cisse, um, on one of those guys, spread the floor to get him out of paint because he's going to block or alter um, every shot you try to go inside. Um, We were able to knock some shots down early. And we're really making Musa – I mean, Musa really – Musa Cisse – Really struggled early. He was missing some bunnies inside. Uh, wasn't they weren't terrible shooting free throw shooting team. Bryce Thompson missed two, um, but we were able to knock some shots down early. Um, Lance hit one um, to make it eight to two. Um, then they got a, a fast break. I believe they got a a, a dunk. Um, then right after that dunk, uh, Marcus re. Uh, Came back, hit a three of his own, 11-4, to four, just like that. Um, then we got another stop after a missed layup by Smith. Um, Dalton hit a hit a jumper, 13-4, um, to four, just like that. Impressive start. Um, we're used to last year, I don't know how many times we had to talk about slow starts, not able to score at the beginning of the games in certain parts of games. But Monday night jumped out quick, and just like that, we jumped out to another good lead. Yeah, and on that Marcus three, you know, when Clarence came into the game, he got that offensive board. It was kind of a long rebound and then hit Marcus for that three. Clarence got in foul trouble early in this game, and, you know, one of them was – I don't fully recall the first one, but the second one was just a – he was guarding Musa or whoever Boone in the paint, and then he got a touchy foul. So he had to come out at some point. Um, but you're right. As as you mentioned, yeah, Musa is – honestly, he's all over the place. We kind of talked about him. He's – He's going to turn it over. He's going to play like he doesn't know how to play basketball at all, but then he's going to break out and dunk like a, you know, dunk, have these crazy dunks and block shots, which is what he did at times in this game. And you're right. I mean, you know, and, you know, over the course of time, whenever guys finally got in, we'll get to one that got in almost, you know, later than we expected. But you see, like, whenever uh, AJ came in, I mean, AJ was antsy as heck. We know we talked about how he was like that in the last game, and he was – he was pulling a three, missed it. He was he turned it over on one. He tried to drive baseline and lost it. Uh, you know things that we were, but the th- I think the biggest thing at the start of this game was we were able to force them to make terrible shots, and you know they were forcing up shots. But as soon as they started making threes, which to the point they cut it to thirteen to seven. Yeah, Asbury had a couple of threes. As soon as that happened, he went down and shot. He had a heat check, missed that. Troy was on here, had a missed three, but they were as soon as they made their threes, though, they kept putting them up, and we were making them force very tough shots, as I said. And then you see at the point in this game, whenever, and we'll get to some, and Marcus and Lance led the way in this one, but there were some struggles with Marcus again. Um, but he was able to get on the board at healthy times. And, you know, halfway throughout this, it was a matter of, you know, we were letting Musa was making jump shots, but if I recall as a Memphis fan, his freshman year, he was the freshman of the year in the AAC. He could step out a little bit, maybe 10 to 12 feet and make a jump shot. And the first one he took was a brick. So it's like, we'll keep letting him shoot these, him and Boone. And they were just, they kind of didn't really work together. They're just freak athletes. So Musa made a field goal at this point, gave them the lead 16 to 15. Marcus had, you know, one of those bad turnovers again, TV timeout came. Lance had a layup. No, I think it was to the point whenever, and we'll talk about in the second half, when Lance was getting downhill and having layups, it was key. And you mentioned Dalton because it just reminded me, when Dalton first scored, it was a nice finesse contested layup that he is always really good at doing. Uh, And he had another one. 
And a lot of these guys know, I mean, Musa can have a lot of space under there and, you know, contest a lot of shots. I had a lot of guys uh, hesitant in this one. But no, there was a run here at Marcus three to make it a 25 to 22 game. Looked like it could have got away from us at times once they took the lead, but we we're able to obviously, you know, get going a little bit. You see AJ make a three here, Noah. And then, like I said, we were able to get to the point where there were some made free throws. Lance finished an and one. I mean, some some good things here to end the half. Dive into how this half ended and then into what the box score at half looked like. Yeah, after that AJ three made it he cut it to a two point, cut cut into their lead, made it a two point lead for them. The Nasbury answered that with a three. Um, so we're down five um, with 42 seconds left. Um, we ran a play. Jawan um, missed a three with nine seconds left. Um, then uh, Lance missed the three because we got an offensive rebound off Jawan's miss. Um, then Caleb Asbury actually got the rebound on that Lance's miss and actually saved it to Troy under the basket, but Troy wasn't able to get it off in time. Um, so we could have cut the lead and made it 33-28. Um, just really, really up and down first half at some points. Hard hard to score. Both teams were playing really good defense. They were hitting some tough shots. They were getting some easy transition threes. But really, we got everything we really wanted. I mean, we got open shots. We just fell in love with the three ball. Ended up shooting five of 20 um, from three in the first half. 25% from that three. Um, Neither team got to the line very much. They were one of three. We were one of one um, for Lance's and one. Um, didn't shoot the ball at all very well. We were getting open shots. We just needed to knock them down. We were early on in the game, uh, but they ended up falling in love with that three-point um, three bar- three shot way too much. Um, but we able to keep it close, be gritty, keep it close like, um, we know Brian Mullen's team will. Um, but like I said, besides being sporadic and some kind of sp- scoring, um, kept it close, just fell in love with that three-point shot way too much. I think Lance was one of six, Xavier 0 of three, which he cannot shoot that three-point shot at all. Uh, Trent only got one shot in the first half. Marcus was two of three from three, and Troy had three open looks, hit only one of them. So, um had some guys off the bench shoot some threes. AJ was one of two. Did not see Foster in the first half, which I think was pretty disappointing. Um, did they get to see him in the second half? But, yeah, besides a little bit, great start. Be able to hang tough in there against a Big 12 team who um, last year had a top-five defense. Um, did not get a lot of clean looks, but um, not enough paint touches in that first half. But we did get clean looks, just could not knock down open shots. Yeah, we had great ball movement in this game. Finding the open man just there were times, and, you know, we might be speaking of some in the second half that there were some, yeah, some missed threes. I remember Marcus, which he hit the biggest three in the game, but he missed one when we did have that great ball movement. And you mentioned the three. I think we talked about in the preview that it's almost like we had to, like, have the three ball, like, be key to us because it had been tough to, to uh, you know, find points in the paint with Musa that, we would have had to rely on the three, I think. And it just obviously whenever you do that, that's that's definitely what they did out. You know, we shot 11 more threes than they did. But we also had more offensive rebounds. We only had – they had four more defensive rebounds. So it was 19 to 16 overall. They had the lead. So, But a lot of those offensive rebounds came on long rebounds is because you, you know, miss a lot of threes. And you're right, Lance shot a lot. That's what Lance is going to be in this year. We know two years ago he was a great three-point shooter. Last year he was not. We have to rely on him a lot to make those. Um, they had more turnovers than we did. That was the one thing we were able to do. And it just recall like some of the turnovers they had, like a lot of them were Musa that, you know, he would not be ready for a pass. Granted it was like a hard pass, but they turned it over that way. He, but they would try to do, go high, low with him and Boone or somebody else. And he'd hit the, try to have the pass and it hit the backboard and whoever it was underneath got frustrated. That caused a fast break for us. And, I mean, we weren't – you're right. We were shooting off – they were shooting 50% from the field. We were shooting 36. So, yeah. And we were only down by five. So, that just shows you the good start we had. And then we just did not end strong on that we had more assists than they did. We had more steals than they did. We were calling the preview in their, in their other game. They had tons of steals, tons of blocks. And they did have one block to our zero in the first half. And you're right. We didn't see Foster. We'll get to him. We'll have some takeaways on Xavier 
Uh, but he did have the team leaving Marcus with three rebounds. We mentioned Clarence was in foul trouble. And we'll get to Juwan. He scored in the second half. But, you know, he's key because he comes off the bench. We didn't know if he was going to start. It would have been interesting because we weren't sure about Trent. Trent had a really good game. Uh, I feel like when, when Juwan comes in, he's got to be like, and granted, but I mean, you know, Marcus came out at points in this first half. And, you know, it was right before I think we were saying that he needs to around, you know, I think that the second to last media timeout have been nice. I think they got him. He only – but then they went on a run, and then he brought Marcus back in. So it was right on a two-minute break, if that. We'll get to his minutes. Uh, like, Jawan comes in. has got to be that scoring. It was good to see Dalton score. So, yeah, it could have been worse when a lot of your other guys weren't scoring and you were just led by Marcus and Lance with a lot of the uh, production and the shots that they were getting. So, could have been worse. We were, you know, there were times it looked ugly in this one, and that's how the second half would end up going. No, let's dive into this second half. We talked about, you know, Troy made a three in this game. He made a three in the ex in the uh, in the Little Rock game, and you know he kicked off with a miss here, but it was relatively open. Musa was getting going with dunks. City, he had two straight dunks here, so the lead got up to eleven. So we're thinking, you know, we're obviously in trouble, and people were around. You know, on Twitter around the league saying how some people were only tweeting about the fact that we were losing and, you know, we're losing control of the game. Um, No, I mean, Lance was missing layups. We were talking about how, you know, when he gets – he's great when he's going downhill and it helped us a lot to turn the tide at the latter part of this half. But he was not finishing all that strong that he could have – and even when Musa wasn't even blocking him. Musa was out of the game. We didn't really go towards the paint. We were relying on that shot. I mean, I'll jump into how some of this happened. I see Clarence got on the board. Bryce Thompson, who's great. Him, Anderson, and Asbury are tremendous players. And But, Noah, there was a lot of more uh, stagnant offense, a lot of passing around. Xavier got away with a crazy walk, dragging his foot that they didn't call. Uh, just a lot more stagnancy that we – granted, it's this team but against this team, but you don't, we obviously don't need to see that because it obviously was a reason why we were down to this point in the game. Yeah, really just, I mean, right out of the get-go, they came out like we did in the first first start to, to start the game, and they um, they really put it on us. I mean, Boone hit a jumper, took – then you mentioned that Musa dunk. We had to take that timeout. Um, then Musa got an, another dunk to push the lead to 11, and it could have it easily started to slip away. And incoming, it could have – incoming ended up being a uh, – 20-point loss or something like that. Um, but this is where those games against Kansas State, being at Alabama, um, be able to fall – we fell behind in that Alabama game. We were able to close um, the gap pretty easily down the stretch. So, I mean, we have been in those moments in this veteran team that we have those guys that stick with who we are. I mean, Lance got to the – I mean, obviously, felt like any time one of our guys went to the rim – um, they they feared that Musa was just right there to block it at all times, but sometimes got switched on to Marcus, and they could easily finish the layup. Um, but he did block some shots, but just sticking to who we are, and they will knock some shots to help us get back in this game. For sure, and I think you know I mentioned Clarence getting on the board. He had a big second half after getting screwed in the first with those fouls. But I think it was this Lance layup. There was 15 minutes left. We were cutting the lead down from what it was of 13. Uh, it was kind of back and forth, but, you know, Clarence got a steal. Lance had one of those layups. He just took over at one point. He had a steal himself, led to a Marcus miss three. Then there weren't points for a while until Bryce Thompson was getting layups. A foul on Dalton. He was, you know, we could have contested a lot better at the rim as well. And it's just – I'm thinking about just obviously Musa and he was getting those transition dunks, just thinking about how amazing of a job Troy did on him, though. And you're right, Musa was switching on the Marcus, which, yeah, Lance talked about after the game, and Brian may have mentioned that that's kind of what they wanted to, you know, wanted to happen and stuff. But after that, you know, Bryce uh, layup, it was still like – it was still an 11-point lead. Jawan made a couple free throws. You know, at this point, Foster came in the game, and we'll get to it. He had one here. Shortly, so Juwan made a couple free throws. TV timeout came, still no points. There was a – the foul on Lance was whenever John Michael Wright, you know, kind of just easily got into the paint, and then Lance, like, barely touched him, but still did even have him even put up an attempt. So he made both his free throws. And then, Noah, here he is, 
in the second half, finally, we were wondering. I think we were tweet or texting, and you said Foster's not going to play in this game, which would have been unfortunate because played decent against those exhibitions. And you mentioned it. I think that's why we were able to do this in this game at times because of those games. That's why I'm thankful that we did. But no, Foster got in the game, and obviously we said just shoot the ball, and that's what he did. No, he might have got fouled on the play. Big three, and then, you know, just thinking about off the top of my head, I don't think he scored again. Just talk about, obviously, his impact of, you know, what he's experienced this year and what he could have brought to us in the first half to make maybe not make the league go, you know, like it was, especially when Xavier wasn't scoring. We'll mention that he didn't even play at the final stretch. But Noah Foster coming in and scoring, like I said, could have gotten fouled. That's the kind of impact we need him in games like this and take us through most of the rest of the second half. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that he's, like I've said a thousand times, I felt like already this season, and we're only two games through, that he's our best shooter on the team and one of the best in in the conference and probably the country. Um, he has the ability, I mean, he can pump fake, and he hasn't made them yet, but he has the ability to pump fake, pull up one dribble, knock down a bucket, or he can knock down a three like he did here. Um, Big-time scoring ability. Obviously, yeah, there's going to be – you're going to have to work with him on the defensive end um, because you're going to just going to have to take that – you're going to have to subtract that. You're going to have to subtract some on the defensive end to gain what he's going to give you offensively, be able to knock down a shot. Um, he's shown he's not scared to shoot the ball um, in the opportunities he's been given so far, so – I just think I would like to see him in the first half. Obviously, guys, um, we're getting opportunities. We shot 20 of them in the first half, but we did not see him. Obviously, um, him defensively is why he doesn't get a lot of playing time. Um, But I think we should see him more down the stretch. Um, Hopefully, he comes along nicely. But, um, yeah, after that three, um, they went back and forth a little bit. They – made it 10 after a John Michael Wright layup. Um, then they got a steal. Um, I think this was the steal where Xavier got the inbound and literally just let Avery Anderson take yeah. it from him and get a layup. Um, it ended up – had to take a timeout after that because um, they were pressing us um, pretty much all game. They were picking up all the whole full court. Um, it was at 12 after that timeout. But this is really where – Lance Jones got going. Um, he put us on his back, him and Marcus down the stretch. Uh, Lance had a jumper, cut it to 10, um, got a tr- got a jumper by Trent um, to cut it to eight. Um, they hit some free throws to push it back um, to nine. Um, but Marcus um, got fouled, hit two free throws, cut it down to eight. Um, Jawan had a jumper to cut it to six. Um, Asbury got on the board again with some free throws. This is uh, they got into the bonus pretty early. Um, they weren't the best free throw free throw shooting team, but some of them could knock it down. Um, and Asbury's one of them. He's one of their better shooters. Um, but at this point, um, after uh, a dunk with six forty three left by Musa, it was up to ten. Um, but from rest of there on, it was the Marcus Damas, then mostly the Lance Jones show. For sure, and we'll get to some. They might have to carry us a lot offensively, you know, throughout this year, which they're capable of doing, and we're thinking we can obviously win that way. But, yes, some some of this throughout here about when, like, the tide turned, I mentioned, you know, know, one of – or one of Lance's shots that maybe turned it that was back and forth between 10 or more or 10 or less. And after Lance did that layup, Trent had a steal and had it in transition and had that layup to cut it to eight – I mean, Asbury was a stud. He was he had, you know, two sets of free throws that he made both. In between that, Marcus's free throws and then Jawan, yeah, it was at the end of the shot clock and Jawan was kind of dribbling in place and then found a, uh, which he tried to do at times in the game as well, but connected on this one, it was a bank shot. He, uh, I just remember a fallaway jumper that he had. Those are the kind of plays that we know he can make, which was obviously key in that game. That made it a six-point game. And after Asbury's second set of free throws, it was the eight. And you're right, Musa had, Huge dunk, couple dunks. He got yeah. We mentioned the transition one that he just, you know, unleashed his athleticism, and then one where he just got in the paint. Uh, I mean, he was active in that moment because then after he does that, Marcus made a three to kind of settle that because when it was ten after that first Musa dunk with six and a half left, 
it seemed like that's where, you know, we were trying to get in too close, but then, you know, would fall too far. Uh, but then he had the, then he made a jump shot and then Troy had another layup uh, and, or Musa fouled him, which we mentioned some goaltends Musa had in this game. And then Troy made that free throw. Yes. And then he had Lance did take over. He had that three, he had a jump shot that I think was nearing the end of the shot clock that he just stepped in about 10 feet and turned around and made it unbelievable shot. Two and a half left down by one. And there was no points until we realized when Clarence had a foul on Musa, we said, okay, this is a good foul with 52 seconds left. And or before that, Marcus missed a three. And that's whenever we were, he got a, he got the rebound. We went by, he was the trailer, had great ball movement around the top of the key. And then he missed the wide open three. But no, at this point, we were also saying, you know, Lance missed a three, Marcus missed a three. These were threes that we didn't need in the moment when you're only down by one. You were getting lucky after they called a timeout. They were missing their, their own layups. We got lucky in that regard. And then when Clarence fouled Musa, we said, okay. And I remember, you know, him and as, as a freshman in general, granted, he's evolved that for two years. He's an okay free throw shooter. He's not great. So he said, that's not a bad foul. He went one of two. Then this is when Lance was letting Musa affect like some of it when he wasn't even fully affecting it. Lance missed a layup. So we're still down by two. They had the ball. And Musa missed both free throws. And then, Noah, this is when obviously. So we're getting lucky to this point, right? And then, uh, you know, because of those missed free throws, we'll get to the number. It was a terrible number by them, and they should have put this game away. But, no, it came down to specific play calls, which were pretty good in the moment. There were some plays after Oklahoma State scored that we would go down and have a set play, a backdoor play for a layup. And, you know, so it's, it's like spotty in terms of certain plays that you're able to execute for points. So, no, before that Marcus three – um, there was uh, I lost my train of thought now I mentioned how the set play and that's obviously a huge thing take us through that play that happened and obviously it was a big point and Troy also had an incredible finish to this game as well and he was a part of that specific play yeah it was a great call great call by Brian um, to run that kind of set um, it was where Troy started in the corner Marcus started on the wing Lance Dribble penetration, they set a kind of a flare screen to the corner um, off the dribble penetration, kicked it out to Marcus um, to hit, ended up the game winner um, to give us a one-point lead with 22 seconds left. Um, It was a great play. Uh, He missed the the three to go ahead earlier, but um, he hits that one big time. Um, He struggled a little bit um, in the second half down the stretch scoring. Um, hitting that three ball, but he hits the biggest one of the night. Um, then Troy gets a turnover by a terrible pass, trying to force something by John Michael Wright. He gets fouled. Troy has to go to the line for a one-on-one situation to get a chance to seal it. Um, he misses the first, so we had to get one more stop, um, and we were able to – Bryce Thompson misses a jumper at the end, and – Troy gets the rebound and dribbles it out and throws it in the air, and the dogs pull off an upset down in Stillwater. I mentioned Troy in that ending. We we know Troy's a big moment kind of guy, and outside of the missed free throw, we know the ending of State 3. But, I mean, he sets that screen, and then you're right, he gets that because they we switched, and he got on John Michael Wright, and he tried to lob in a pass that was – he was almost like right next to the guy, and he tried to just throw up a pass that Troy was able to, to steal on your right. He, and we thought, okay, Troy, he took a deep breath as he before he shot it, and he missed it. I was like, okay, you know, of course, it comes down 13 seconds with that final play. And then, yeah, Bryce Thompson got the switch. Troy was on him. So a, a lot of Troy at the end here, and then he was able to force him. It was just, you know, dribble back and forth. Bryce did kind of like an ISO we tried to do. Pulled up, hit the front of the rim, came back. And then whoever it was was going to go get it. He wouldn't have time to do anything. And he slipped. And then, yeah, Troy got it, dribbled it on the fast break, and that's how we won. It's absolutely nuts. And the fact that we were able to buck down on defense there for the final couple stops. And we said it. I mean, Oklahoma State honestly screwed the pooch in this game. We talked about how when we were down by one, we were forcing up those threes. We were screwing the pooch. But there's no way Oklahoma – and that's those. these are games, and we talk about free throws are the most important part of a basketball game. You got to – especially in crunch time, obviously. Got to make them. They weren't able to do that, but our defense was able to go, and they were – and they just were forcing terrible shots. And 
they played kind of sketchy in this game, you know, for being 34th and Ken Palm at the time, whatever they were coming in, we know they only beat UT Arlington by 10, but they have really good guard talent. Moose is, you know, an, an incredible, just different kind of big. They're obviously pretty good. And the fact that we were able to buck down and get these stops when it mattered most and, um, you know, quickly into the end of this box score now. And then we'll have a because this was this got national attention, rightfully so. And we'll get into some of those as, as we go along here. But no, it came down to that defense and some of these stats. And then we posted the final box score. So I don't have a mommy if you do and you got dive through some of the minutes in this game. Lance shot 17 times, had 19 points. We mentioned the takeover he had, he shot eight threes. Marcus shot 50% from three. One of these typical Marcus games, no, I mean, he shot 5 of 15. He had a lot of missed layups, could have had a lot of points in this one, even more than he had. 16, 7 rebounds and 4 assists. That's a typical Marcus uh, game, Noah. Who else stuck out to you? And then we'll get into takeaways and, like I said, what everyone else was talking about nationally. Yeah, really just, I mean, we talked, we mentioned it. Troy Troy and Clarence both worked their butts off to go up, go up against Musa um, in this game. Um, even even Marcus at times had to go against uh, Boone and sometimes he got switched on. Um, just really impressive um, by Troy, um, his effort. Obviously, we mentioned when we got him that in high school he had to go against Scotty um, twice a year. So a game like that, I mean, that just shows you the work he's been putting in and Clarence with big minutes off the bench um, down the stretch there. Just got to try to keep him out of foul trouble. Um, but big time minutes by Troy. Um, just those two carried us like, like we used to see in Lance and Marcus down the stretch. Lance getting it going there, and Marcus is fin- finishing the deal. Um, with that three, um, 16 and seven for Marcus, played 39 minutes. Not surprised at all. They get a win like this, that's what it's going to take from him. Um, then 34 for Lance. Um, the next highest with Jawan off the bench with 26. Um, Clarence only got to play 13, but those were big 13 minutes, especially in those minutes he had in the second half. Yeah, just a lot of things stuck out in this game. You mentioned the minutes. Yeah, I I said like two minutes when Marcus did come out. Like I said, they went on a run and then they brought him right back in. Definitely not surprising, uh, which is just a huge number. We know in these huge games, maybe that's got to be the case. You mentioned some games he could should take off at some points. Everyone's been talking about it's not sustainable, so we'll see. Um, other than that, though, you mentioned, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot of scoring from our bench. I mean, spread-wise, no one like hit like a – I mean, no one was over 10 points, but Marcus and Lance, Troy with eight, huge – I mean, he was just unbelievable in this game. Uh, and then just talking about turning Marcus at three turnovers – Lance Jones, no turnovers and two steals. Troy had two steals. We mentioned Marcus Trent. Xavier had one. So did Clarence. And Jawan had two. And uh, so Jawan, you know, I'd say you mentioned third and minutes. That's huge, you know, even with his four points. But he did hit that one jumper, we said, along with the two free throws that were clutch in the moment. Dalton didn't score again in the second half. Uh, you know, and we mentioned Foster only played five minutes. AJ, five minutes. He hit his one three and then you know, to help out the cause before the half. And, yeah, other than that, and we mentioned Xavier only played 19 minutes. That was, you know, the least amount right behind, under Troy for minutes with 19. He didn't even play down the stretch. And we talked about, you know, if it was in foul trouble and he had none. So he was kind of just benched at the end for Jawan, which was fine because, Noah, I mean, some of these takeaways we were mentioning uh, – He's going to struggle to score this year. I think that's pretty blatant. He barely, you know, he had easy layups off of drawn plays in the Little Rock game. It seems like that's going to be the case, Noah. We can rely on him for passing and his defense, uh, but we can't – I don't think expect him to score maybe over six points a game. If that, he's obviously up to a weird start. But when you have a guy that's, uh, you know, didn't score at all in this game. Let me go back before it messes up. He didn't score, right? So, I mean, obviously that can't happen. Trent only had two, but we know what else Trent brings. He's not really – he'll hit you a three. We don't have to rely on him for offense all the time like we would for an Xavier. Um, so, no, I mean, like I said, relying on Lance and Marcus mainly to score, and that was one of the last takeaways, that they're going to have to carry us offensively again. If Xavier isn't a part of that, it's unfortunate. It's game by game. It's only two games in, but it just – the way 
You mentioned his shooting earlier. It doesn't look great. He's got a lot of arc on it. Not the best shooter, obviously. Uh, and he's not going to hit. He's not going to shoot any mid-range. And some of his threes were forced anyway. It seems to be the case, Noah. And then some uh, some other things. I'll let you rattle off whichever ones you want to send about. As a team, we had great team passing, which was good. Our defense was great. But our offense was stagnant at times. Foster does need to play more. We mentioned five minutes. Don't recall what they were in Little Rock game. Needs to play more. Uh, and I just had on here, Jawan plays confidently. Because I remember there was a play where there was Bryce Thompson. I think it was Bryce Thompson. They were throwing the ball in, and him and Jawan were like face-to-face. Jawan was not backing down, not letting him go anywhere, and the ref had to get between him and say, like, whatever. Jawan was not scared of that moment. I love that. And he did hit key shots. And then we mentioned how should Cade play now with no Scotty, which we'll get into some more news on JD, right, Noah? That we'll get into an interview that he had with Harry Schrader uh, today. No, what are your, your thoughts on – we'll get into, like, some of the team stats and more that stuck out, but some of these takeaways, because I think the X one's pretty big. Which one of those I mentioned, you know, sticks out to you most? Because I think – unless you have some more to add as well, I think those are ones that stuck out. Yeah, obviously we know we know X is a pass-first guy and stuff. Um, but we thought, obviously, with Musa being able to block everything at the rim, um, only had three in this game, it felt like that just shows you the – the shots he altered um, besides those three blocks he had. I mean, if he's not getting to the rim, be able to score layups, he's not a great shooter. Um, yeah, Jawan just – it shows you um, ever since he got to Evansville, the minutes the minutes and – the minutes he got to play, the advantages he took, and now he's just transitioning to being that leader and that guy we can rely on on the floor to get you rebounds to get you some assists. Um, and we know he can score, um, but he's also a guy that if we need him to score, he will. But if Lance and Marcus are going, he'll let that happen. Just big time by him. Obviously, the scoring off the bench was not a lot. Um, Dalton Banks didn't get going like we're used to seeing. Um, Foster and A.J. only played five minutes apiece. Um, it felt like A.J. got the opportunity in the first half to play five minutes and Foster in the second half five minutes. Um. Then Clarence was in foul trouble, so he didn't get a lot of scoring, scoring opportunities in this game. Um, but yeah, I mean those two guys are gonna carry us. The big time by I mean it's kind of concerning for X. Um, we thought we could rely on him to score, um, six to ten points a game, but um, if he's not be able to knock down shots, and the other team has a a shot blocker, I don't know where he's gonna get those points from. Exactly, and you know not. And a lot of teams will have those shot blockers. And the thing is, with Oklahoma State, is this a team that's good enough to where we're not going to see a team as good the rest of the year in all the facets with how deep their their guards were and then Moose's presence. That's why it's so good. Not only did we won the game, but there were certain aspects we liked that you know we're not going to see again, so we don't have to maybe worry about it, even though this is a game that can prepare you for those kinds of games. And you're right. If he's not at the rim and he, he only shoots at the end of the shot clocks, if need be, unless he's wide open, which – it's it's not pretty. So it is what it is, and that's you know that that's fine. Is if he dishes and gets other guys involved and he'll score at the rim, then that's all we can ask for from him. But I think it's just the shooting, the main thing that caused this whole. Uh, well, and when you don't score in night in tw- nineteen minutes, and that's kind of that kind of is alarming. But there weren't a lot of opportunities in this game. So quick, I mean, just thinking. We talked about this earlier. Brian said limit turnovers or limit rebounding. Yeah, if, if someone would have told anybody that we got out rebounded by 12 and we shot 38% from the field and won, I'd say it's pretty crazy. And I would say that obviously it had to have been by one point or a little bit above that. And that's what it was. So thing is, though, I mean, they had five more turnovers than they did. We had three more steals. We had three more assists. They ended up with, I mentioned we were out offensive rebounding them and we only had one in the first half. They ended up with 11 total uh, but no, the story of this game was eight of 16 for them from the free throw line. That's obviously what did them in. We didn't shoot a whole lot, only seven, but we made six of them. And yeah, nine of 31, you're making nine threes and you're shooting 31. Like I said, the preview, we kind of alluded to, you might have to win by the three ball. That's kind of what they tried to do in this game. So we mentioned some of the things they are, or Noah quickly, we mentioned dog of the game. Who, who do you think for a dog of the game? And then we'll dump into uh, some other like stats wise and national stuff. Yeah, obviously Lance um, was the player of the game. 
Um, but I got to give it to Troy. I mean, he worked his ass off in this one, battling against a 7-1 guy. Um, the size differential, just working his ass off and be able to battle. Um, that's what we're going to get from him. Um, that's what I'm confident we need to stick with this lineup because um, Troy's going to give it his all against anybody and bring in, obviously, at this point, looking at it, if you're going to, we really can't start Clarence because he's going to be in an immediate foul trouble. I mean, if he he had four fouls off the bench in this one, so um, some were tacky, but I got to give to Troy for the hard work he put in and uh, some clutch. He had the clutch and one down the stretch and had the steal and had the rebound to finish it off. 100%. And we said it's not always the dog of the game for either sport of who had the most stats. It's over who impacted it in any any sort of way. And that's exactly what Troy did. I couldn't agree more with you. I would couldn't really pick, you know, anyone else that would even honestly come close because that's the impact Troy had. So, you know, people are talking about – I mean, Harry Schrader was talking about – and that's what he, what he talked to Brian a little bit about was Troy's impact and how valuable that he is in our defense. I mean, there's some people from – we know John Rothstein loves college basketball. He's kind of a weirdo. Uh, but he posted about it. We recall whenever someone upsets somebody to a certain point of like the caliber of both schools, we'll say the epitome of brutality. You told me he deleted that and then had a regular tweet about upset in Stillwater. I mean, uh, and we know verified, you can pay to get verified. So some people are very, that may not seem like official or national, but a lot of people are talking about this game. Even uh, guys like Fran Fraschilla, we know is a big college basketball guy for ESPN. Said we rolled in and stole a win. We know Paul Papp's alumni DP show was giving us love. Mid-Major Madness is a big-time uh, account on Twitter. He was posting about our game. Um, and just people in general around the country. Some more things that stick out with wins like this comes uh, specific stats. There was a guy that also works for ESPN with the stats thing, said the budget. The do more with less report. Our budget – 1.9 million Oklahoma State's 5.1 million and no we'd be remiss and we don't have to touch on it a whole lot we'd be remiss if we obviously because we retweeted a big interview that Mike had with Barry Henson we knew he was you know he he signed off on this game he talked about that he talked about a lot of things Noah some quick takeaways that stuck out with you about what Barry mentioned about his time here or anything else won't spend a whole lot of time on it. They kind of previewed it on the pregame on radio. Like I said, it was about 25 minutes, but there were 25 good minutes. Yeah, obviously, a lot of Saluki fans um, feel very strongly uh, about Barry Henson in different ways. Um, I know he, I know some people loved him. I know a lot of people hated him. Um, but, yeah, it was a really good interview if you haven't listened to it yet. Um he talked about what's he doing that what's he's doing now in charge of the NIL down there for Oklahoma State. Um, he talked about a little bit of recruiting, which I think he went a little bit overboard about. Um, about if he was still on a mid major, he would recruit basically JUCO guys and transfers because a lot of he wouldn't recruit really any true freshmen because those guys. Um, he said it hasn't doesn't ha- hasn't happened yet, but expects just some some staff members be on a, on staff somewhere to basically just be in charge of watching mid-major film so they can pluck from the mid-majors. So um, if that's going to happen, obviously we have two good ones. Um, he gave Brian props for keeping these two here um, for their, their four years so far. So to really get an interview, if you haven't yet, we checked it out. It's on us. It's on, on Spotify. It's on uh, SoundCloud on Mike Reese. Um, we retweeted it somewhere. Yeah. And I think they talked about his role there and then he didn't want to do it. Uh, NIL at times or from the get go until they were specific about what he was actually going to do. And then he's been doing it. And the, yeah, they wouldn't get specific about, you know, anything like with his job really that he didn't want to talk about. And you mentioned, yeah, that that is. And we mentioned how, you know, unless you're just a top level five star, which you're going to go to a place Recruiting in some aspects, you know, kind of gets, you know, pushed to the side for the portal. But in in his sense, the way he was describing it, yeah, that they just pluck from smaller schools to go there. And that does seem like you see that a lot. High major or low major high scores you see, like, go to the next level a lot. And I could see Oklahoma State just in general. I remember saying it before the game. It was like Mike Boynton could like what Lance Jones can do if all of his, you know, guards go to the pros. He could like something like that. But we think, you know, that's a whole talk for another day. 
it is for the now, but it, that is weird how we would say that and they wouldn't get into some other things. It was good to hear from Barry though, overall, which we had a feeling that maybe he was going to talk to him. They said they haven't talked since Barry was, you know, when he called it quits three years ago. So it was an interesting conversation. Everybody definitely go check that out. If they want to hear about Barry and his status and what he is up to. Uh, we mentioned in this, this is our first in the, in the school setting. Some people were asking about Butler. We know Butler was not a power five program in the, in a, uh, in any conference, but which we know that went a couple years ago. First regular season Power Five win in 30 years. Brian said that on Harry's pod, and then he mentioned 22 years overall was 22 years since it happened in Colorado or against Colorado in the NIT. Uh, and obviously, this was a huge game. No, we I mentioned Oklahoma State was 34th in Ken Palm. You read it earlier about where both of us are. Lay that on us because we had a feeling if they were that high and us went on the road that we were going to be pretty high. In we jumped decently far. Yeah, obviously, um, going in this game, we were we were at ninety, um, but I checked today because I wondered um, if it would be updated yet. They fell down to Oklahoma State Falls um, from thirty four to forty two, so a little bit of a fall there. Um, but we jump all the way from ninety to uh, actually, it's changed already since I looked earlier. We are at 78 now. We are at 77 earlier, so fell a little bit. Um, this updates as games end a lot. So that's a really good jump. Um, I expect to continue to climb in as this non-cons go, see how high we can get. For sure. That's, you know, we know we have some, and our MTE's got some good games for us. No matter where they're ranked, you could just climb us up even more. So, yeah, this game set us up for sure to look good near the end of the season if we obviously do what we want to do. Uh, there were some things about – it's just funny. We talk about money lines and spreads and what we would pick, and SIU was plus 280 money line in this game, and they're only 3% of all money line bets were on us. And there were some barstool accounts for schools talking about us being good and stuff. So it's just nice to see get the national recognition that we know that this team could potentially have this year and seeing it come to fruition is nice. and. Coming up, upset form. Maybe people can stick with us the rest of the year. Uh, so, no, there was that. And quickly, we mentioned Brian was on with Harry Schrader uh, and on Harry's podcast, which is a good one. And, no, I think the biggest things from this, outside of Brian saying this shouldn't be the highlight of the season, you know, he's he's going to – you know, he's not going to look ahead. He's looking game by game, and they're not going to let this game. And we saw the video. They were hyped in the locker room and stuff. He said that this shouldn't be the highlight of the season, quote, season – he wants the season to be the highlights. But, no, the biggest thing he took from that was the status of J.D. And we talked about how Y.K. didn't play, and it could be the reason why you keep him with the red shirt and no help is on the way because we we said, I mean, Troy needs to start now. The rest, If he can do it against Musa Cisse in the big of Oklahoma State, Troy D'Amico needs to start the rest of the year. I agree with you. Clarence with the foul trouble needs to stay on the bench. Perfect role for him. No, this is what it needs to be and dive into what Brian did say that he – of course, didn't say to Mike, but he says it to Harry about the status of JD. Yeah, we know that we knew he had a back injury, just not didn't know anything about it. Um, he's having some lower back, lower back tightness. Um, we knew we went through back injury last year with Trent Brown, um, and it's still Trent said in his interview to begin the se- in his preseason interview that it still can come and go. He can kind of tell when it comes, but. Um, not as serious as Trent's was, but JD is day to day. He said, hopefully, you can get him back in a week or so. So that'd be a big time ad. We know what kind of energy, especially with Scotty out. Um, we get a, a veteran that, um, finally, hopefully, can stay healthy and finally got in a swing of things after not playing a lot of basketball because of injuries before last season. Yeah, I know. JD's, you know, caught some bad breaks, and it's unfortunate. And we said on the tweet about Scotty, we can't catch a break season by season. It's always something with injuries. Like, we know football, there's a lot of injuries. Basketball, they happen, but it doesn't seem like it should happen as much as it happens with us. We were trying to narrow down every year about an injury. We were thinking, oh, the first year, but then we know Aaron Cook got hurt, and then every year it was somebody. So it's unfortunate, but we know we can ride the ship with – you know, the guys that we have. And, yeah, I think Cade can play in games this season. That wasn't the game four. But if J.D. comes back in a week, then, yeah, you probably won't have to use Cade. And, and that is what it is with him sitting, which is fine because we like the team that we have overall. So, no, with that being said, before we 
uh, in some things here, and we preview the the uh, USI. There was another game on Thursday with us. Dive into how that one went, and then obviously we know as we speak right now there are other Valley teams uh, that have been in action, and I see some live ones. Some are having some ten or more deficits in their games. We'll talk about those live and where they stand. But go ahead and dive into Illinois State's game from Thursday. Yeah, quickly from Wednesday. Um, Drake or Wednesday, yeah, yeah, went quickly from Wednesday. Drake destroyed IUPUI like we expected and um, led the way. I mean, they got four, they got most of their guys back besides Roman Penn. Um, but it was led by Calhoun, Sardar Calhoun, Texas Tech transfer, 18 points again, shooting seven, seven for nine, four of six from three. Connor Enright was big in that game, had 10 points off the bench as well. Um, so Drake rolls in their first game of the year. Then Missouri State um, blows out Missouri S and T. Then Thursday, watched a little bit of this game, trying to flip back and forth between our game when we had breaks. Um, Illinois State goes on the road to play Eastern Illinois. Um, it was a tough one. Let let they held on late to beat Eastern Illinois fifty four forty nine. They struggled scoring in this one at times a lot. Led. Led by Luke Kazabuke, the Kansas State transfer, 16 points um, for him, four or five from deep, um, four or four from the line to close it out. Him and Virginia transfer, Malachi Poindexter, um, hit some free throws with, in the closing seconds um, to close out that win. That's the first win for Coach Padon. Um, so tough one, but they get it done. Um, then right now um, it was tied at half. 37-37, Belmont now trails Furman, 74-61 with three and a half minutes left. Um, also close at half, you and I trailed Richmond by three at half. Um, now they've been outscored 21-10 to 10 in the second half. It's 53-39 um, in that one. Um, then the other one, the big – then we have one more later on tonight. Bradley's at Utah State, but the one we really were um, interested in – Loyola travels across the city of Chicago to play UIC. It is 27-26 in favor of Loyola right now. Everybody is a UIC Flames fan tonight. Yeah, just for the for Loyola leaving, this is like the few opportunities we have for a Valley team to play them this year. And we mentioned some of their, you know, we mentioned how, you know, the lineups that Loyola's throwing out there and who – we know Sheldon Edwards coming off the bench for them, but you're right. They're playing with them. That's all we can ask for right now. Hopefully that can stick. It is a three-point game at the moment. You mentioned you and I. They're now down 16 to Richmond with seven and a half left. You mentioned Belmont. Both those teams are probably going to lose. Those are some tough games on the road on the East Coast. But, yeah, that Chicago game is big. And Bradley, no rake mass. We'll see how that happens when we talk about it um, early next week. Uh, for what they do, they are eight-point underdogs. And they are, uh, they are Utah State's. Eight or eight point favorite. Sorry, yeah, Bradley's eight point underdog in that game. So that is what's going on right now. Uh, or no, is there games? There's also games tomorrow, right? Obviously, we won't be able to t- talk about them until they're over. Ball State at Indiana State, Evansville getting that game at SLU tomorrow. Uh, Murray State hosting uh, non D one, and then Northwestern State hosting Illinois State. So. We'll dive into those on Saturday, and then we know our game on Sunday along with uh, 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 Valpo's hosting Western Michigan. So there's some okay matchups there. Uh, Looking to see how Evansville plays against SLU. So there's there's those games. Uh, If you want to bet of the weekend, take Evansville plus 25.5 at SLU. That is a lock. They won't get beat by 25.5. Yeah, they're playing better and – that's interesting, and yeah, that number seems like a little too high. It could be reached, but I definitely agree. If they can beat Murray by like 13 at home, then that'll be cutting it close with that one, but you're right. That that does seem like a, a decent bet to have. So, no, with all that being said, there was something short I had on Kennard. It was just something I sent you about some more information on him in terms of the recruiting news. A quick quote that, he's, that, he, that he had because we haven't heard from him at all. He said about us, they were recruiting me the hardest, calling me every day, asking about my family. They came to multiple practices I just felt in love. I'm definitely glad with my decision. I'm not too far from home. My family and friends can visit me and support me. And they mentioned his 10 scholarship offers 
and he seriously considered Slew and Bradley, as we know, but he chose us, and that makes us happy, of course. Wanted to add that in there. Now, no, with all that being said, let's talk about the Screaming Eagles of USI. They're interesting because we know the game they just had recently. Granted, the team they played, we know very well. Maybe they didn't have the best defense in that game, but no, we can expect some offense in this game. We mentioned how Rodney Watson, who was an all-timer at USI, obviously will be calling the game on our side. A lot of ties in this game. We'll be going to it. It's going to be fun uh, if we get our tickets in time. You can dive into that. They send us the tickets in the mail. Maybe we get those. Going with some buddies on Sunday. It's going to be fun. Now let's dive into USI. Yeah, this is a this is a interesting team making the jump from D two to Division one. Um, joining the OVC, picked seventh in the preseason poll. Um, this is a team that they went on the road to Mizzou to start to start the season, and I mean it was a high scoring affair. They lose ninety seven ninety one on the road in Columbia. Um, led by uh, they had a couple guys scored double figures in uh, Jelani Simmons, um, who's a really good guard. Trevor Lakes, who we're we are kind of familiar with. Um, we were in when Brian was first hired here, um, but they they outscored uh, Mizzou in the second half with a big comeback. They scored sixty second half points. Um, that's a lot of points. Um, sometimes we can even score 60 in a game. Um, but this is a team that's led by some transfers. Um, guys like I mentioned, uh, Trevor Lakes, a, a guy that's a really good three-point shooter, um, a Nebraska transfer. Um, Jelani Simmons, I mentioned, Youngstown State transfer at 6'5 guard. Um, they had transfers from everywhere. Um, Kent State, Jeremiah Hernandez, we were in on under Barry. Um, then they start at center, a 6'8 freshman, um, originally from Evansville, but a Houston transfer in Chiron Powell at 6'8. Um, they start Isaiah Swope, um, Gary Solomon, Trevor Lakes, and Jelani Simmons. Um, pretty good starting lineup. Um, they have some guys off the bench that we're familiar with, and guys like Sam Mervis, a guy from Indiana State, along with Nick Kittle, a backup big man. Um, this is an interesting game. They got some guys that can score the ball. Um, so our guards will be tested in this one as well. Um, excited for this one. This is a big time. Obviously, this starts a a series where um, basically we go there once. I think they're coming to us the next three years after. So um, if it takes going there once to get some a quality home game, I'm sure uh, it will be end up pretty good because I think this. It won't take much to get this team in that area of USI. I mean, Evansville's got their – I said when I knew that – when I found out USI was making the jump, I, I said if Evansville doesn't fire lick lighter that USI will be a better program really quick-like. Um, so, interesting. Can't wait to watch this one. Yeah, we haven't got our tickets yet. Uh, Coach Stan Guard does a really good – but we haven't got our tickets yet. They send me by mail. I will be calling in the morning as soon as I, as soon as I can because they either just need to put them at will call or send me, um, if they can, send me tickets on my phone so we can get in. It's going to be a good game. Um, I like our I like our chances. Obviously, coming off a big win. I know some people said maybe it'll be a letdown game. I've been seeing already. Um, but I don't think so. I think this team's a veteran, veteran-led team, great leadership. So um, excited! Like I like our matchups. Um, Powell may be a, a little bit of a problem, but not too much. Um, after seeing what Troy can battle against on third yet last night, so um, hopefully a lot of maroon there. There wasn't a lot of tickets left when I got our tickets a week ago. I'm so excited for this opportunity and see see this new arena. Um, haven't been over there. I'm, I was, I've been to their old one. Um, they got a new one now. So excited for the opportunity to see a new team. They are really interesting because they don't just go into Mizzou and drop 91 points. Like it's nothing though. We meant, you mentioned some of the players that we are familiar with. Jelani Simmons, I think will give us the most fits of, with his scoring ability. You mentioned Powell. Yeah. He's six, eight. And to this point, we're not scared of anybody with throwing out this lineup. If we were able to do what we were doing against, you know, what we did last night. And, 
like I said, if they don't, they don't drop 91 for nothing. So I think this could be, a, you know, something. And I don't know how they could be at home. You mentioned their arena. Yeah, we haven't seen it. We've seen pictures. Excited to see it in person. We've always been familiar with USI, obviously. We know a lot of people that have gone there. Obviously, when they were Division Two, they're right outside of Evansville. Obviously, like, easy access on that side of town. You mentioned, yeah, they have a rivalry with Evansville. Do they Do they play Evansville this year? Uh, they were in negotiations for a a contract, but I heard they do not play this year. I believe they play Indiana State, though. Right. And knowing that Evansville is not bad, knowing that I would have liked to see them face off this year. That would have been a good game, knowing it could have been a battle of mid, but it was – I think it could be a quality if they play, but you said they don't. So they're definitely interesting. And I just go back to that game because we know a lot of these guys. Noah Carter only had eight points. Isaiah Mosley came off the bench, only had four points, struggled from the field. Some other guys we know, but, you know, Valley ties – those guys really couldn't get going. It was the first game of the year, granted. But USI can score, and I think it's it's going to be interesting. And we're confident with even no Scotty uh, that we can have the team that we have going in there on the road. And, yeah, we tweeted this morning about it was hard to get tickets. You mentioned it right there. Thankfully, you'll be calling because that will be pushing it a little bit uh, with all of that. But you're right, a lot of maroon because it's an easy drive, and I think their fans are okay. We've talked about that. But need to see a lot of maroon because it is that easy drive for fans to show up. Uh, people saying a letdown game. If you lose, it seems like clearly, even though USI, if they play, if they beat us and in general, they can definitely, you know, compete in the OVC, we would like to think. If they beat us and score a lot of points again, I would like their chances to, even though we know no matter how competitive they are, Noah, they can't with the five-year ban of moving to Division One. that's unfortunate. If they can score, they could go on a run. So that's – that's why they're getting all these transfers for guys to put up numbers and they want to compete and go to a place. Uh, but if they can't play for postseason, that's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really good game, Noah. So, you know, we're, we mentioned quickly, give me like what you think a spread could be that we could end up seeing. Probably pretty big one even on the road. And then tell me who you think it impacted in the dog of the game. Yeah, definitely think um, the spread's probably going to be a little more than expect. Um, my, I myself would probably set it around 13 points. I'd say that's a good margin on the road there. Um, we are 3-0 all time against them. Last meeting was back in 2009 in an exhibition game where um, we only won by two points, 71-69. So, um, yeah, I think around 13 points is a good spread on the road after a big win like that. Um, I think Ken Palm Rise, Southern Indiana, is not um, highly rated from being – New D1, um, expect them to um, be in the lower half, obviously being a new team. Um, but hopefully we can get a road win, a dog of the game. Um, I'm going to stay – I'm going to say he has a bath, bounce back game. I think X gets going here. I think he has obviously not as talented guards we're playing here and Isaiah Swope and uh, – Jelani Simmons, um, Anderson, and Thompson are two highly – I mean, Anderson had five steals against us. So, um, I like X in this game. There's not a Musa Cisse at the rim to really block shots. So, um, I like X to have a bounce back game. It's a great pick. I think that would – I think that should be the overwhelming pick because I'm just looking around. Like, you could see – you could say, you know – Foster working his way into this game. Jawan scoring a little bit. You can pick the main guys. We expect them. I hope both of them have big games. You can say Troy keeping it going. Um, I don't think I think Trent. I think Trent scores over ten points in this game. If he gets going a little bit. I was going to say Dalton. Dalton's just as steady as he can be. Still, I love your ex, but he does have to bounce back, score a little bit, and be the dominant player that we know he can be. I'll go with Trent to score over ten points. Get it going. Uh, you're right. A spread. Yeah, I can see it being. It's it'll be you know, in the 15, close to 15 range, potentially just how they're deeming us after a win like this, what the stats say. But I think it, it, it's interesting. They can score and it'll be a wait and see. You're right. A lot of an X will be on Jelani Simmons looking for those. Uh, so yeah, those are our dogs. And overall, yeah, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm just looking at USI. They have some, they have some hard games coming up here lately. If I can get them up here, uh, they play against Notre Dame in the Gotham Classic in a campus game, and then two games later they're at their play St. Bonaventure in the same thing. 
then they play Bowling Green and stuff going into their season. They almost have an HBCU or a D2 schedule, but they'll be testing those games. It'll set them up well for their conference season to just at least compete. A 3 o'clock game, like I said, we're going. If you can't, it's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, but everybody should be looking to go to this game. It's probably sold out to this point. You mentioned it was tough for us to get tickets, and when we did, there weren't a whole lot available. So hopefully we can get those and have a fun day on Sunday. It's a cool being on a Sunday game. Everybody is off. That's why everybody can watch it or go. It'll be a fun one. Uh, I don't think it'll be like the easiest test, but we should take care of business. The team we want to be definitely don't want to let it down after the game we just had. Riding high nationally, which is exactly what everybody said we were going to be so far, and we're and they're living. Uh, you know, they're living up to it right now. So we're looking good as a program. Looking forward to this game. It should be a fun one. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, until early next week, go dogs.